Father, thank you so much for bringing us here this morning, for um, giving us this space in which to um, gather around the tables and discuss your word and have fellowship with our sisters in Christ. Thank you for um, your word. Thank you that you reveal yourself to us through your word, that you call us to follow you, and then you show us through the Lord Jesus how to do that, and you empower us to do that through your spirit. I thank you that you do not leave us to our own devices. Um, Father, you know us, and you know that we need to be reminded, and so I ask that you would allow this morning to be um, a quick reminder to all of us um, before we go back out into our regular lives. Um, help us to take with us um, what it is we learned this morning, um, the encouragement we receive from being with sisters um, in Christ, and help us to um, follow you faithfully, Holy Spirit, as you guide and direct us in each moment of the, of the day. Um, remind us that you are with us and that we can um, follow you wholeheartedly, that you uh, guide us because you love us. Um, and we thank you for that. Um, Father, I ask that we would see you and see you only um, in this time of um, teaching as well as in our discussions. Um, and would you bring glory to yourself um, in everything that we do today. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week, Christine talked about the importance of rightly submitting in different areas of our lives and how our lives, our lives themselves, particularly in difficult situations, can be read by other, uh, other people um, as reviews of what Christianity is really all about. So this far into Peter's letter, I think we can all safely say that Peter has a lot to say. And yet, as I'm sure you saw as you read and studied this week, much of what he has to say, he has been saying since the beginning of this letter. In fact, more than half of the 34 verses that we studied for this lesson reference earlier parts of this letter. Peter knows the truth and is desperate that his readers know and live the truth as well. The section in 1 Peter that we studied this week takes these four strands and continues weaving them together. A couple times in this passage, Peter spells out the why behind all of this. Why does it matter that we remember our identity is in Christ? Why is it important that we remind ourselves of our living hope? What weight does the way we live carry in our daily lives? And why should we care that the way we live influences the people around us? Plainly, it matters because when we live out of this truth, it brings glory to the one true God and provides opportunity to share that truth with others. Today we are going to look briefly at how we bring glory to God and experience opportunity to share truth with others through our personal discipline, in our engagement with our Christian community, and in response to those who make our lives difficult. 
what I, what I want you to remember from today is this. Copy Jesus. By this, we glorify God. Copy Jesus. By this, we glorify God. So how do we go about doing this? What does this look like in our personal discipline? In 1 Peter 3, 8, and 9, as well as in 1 Peter 4, 8 through 11, and in 4, verse 15, Peter speaks of specific characteristics that we are responsible for on an individual level. Loving one another well, being compassionate and humble. Much of what Peter says here is also reflected in Paul's letter to the Philippians, particularly in chapter 2. And I'm just going to read Philippians 2, verses 1 through 4. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Let me read 1 Peter 3, 8 and 9. Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. Do you see the similarities? Peter and Paul both speak the same message. Um, they both show us and remind us of how Jesus lived and how we are to copy Jesus. Peter, Peter also charges us to be earnest and disciplined in our prayers and uh, not to be given to meddling in other people's affairs. I can't help but think that maybe he was speaking specifically to us as women when he included that in his list with don't steal and don't murder. Um, I'm just saying. So we bring glory to God in our Christian community as well. In naming these characteristics in 1 Peter 3, verses 8 and 9, Peter is not only telling us what our lives will look like individually as Christ followers, he is also giving characteristics of a loving, healthy Christian community. As Peter has been reminding us throughout the letter, our identity is in Christ. That is our foundation. With Peter's description of a loving, healthy Christian community, we begin to see that our Christian community is our support structure, built on the foundation of the Lord Jesus. Peter also expounds on this in 1 Peter 4, verses 8 through 11. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. 
Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you, you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Peter speaks in this, in this particular part of the passage further about our different gifts and responsibilities to our community. When we love well in our Christian community, when we practice humility within the body of Christ, when we show brotherly love and sympathy and compassion within the body of Christ, instead of being dismissive and disrespectful of those with whom we disagree, when we live as Peter challenges us to live within the body of Christ, we are truly supported. We're built on the foundation and we are supported by one another in our Christian community. And so we bring glory to God as we live in imitation of Christ with our fellow Christ followers. I know. Let's watch that again. So this YouTube channel is called Speed Bump Olympics. And I just wonder, as you were reading 1 Peter 3, did you see it too? When you were reading along, minding your own business, as you were reading 1 Peter 3, did you see the speed bump? Did you actually come apart like this truck did as you plowed into it? So in 1 Peter 3, um, 18 through 22, this particular section of our passage um, is a difficult one. Um, you may have come up to it and kind of fallen apart like this little um, trailer did. I have to say, when I read in four different commentaries that 1 Peter 3, 18 through 22 ranks as one of the most difficult passages in the New Testament to explain, I found myself wishing for that submission passage that Christine said she was reluctant to have. <laughs> if theologians have been debating this passage for thousands of years then it's obvious that we won't be able to nail it down in just one or two minutes. However, I did want to at least share what I found to be the most clear explanation from the different commentaries that I studied. Although this passage was, has caused some to believe that Jesus went and preached the gospel to those who had lived prior to Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, in essence, giving them a second chance, it's likely that what Peter is actually referring to is the principalities and powers, the authorities in the spiritual realm who have been vanquished by Christ's death and resurrection. Christ's death and resurrection, that was his victory over death. 1 Peter 3.22 actually points in this particular direction, uh, which says, who, meaning Jesus, has gone to heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers, having been subjected to him. 1 Peter 4.6 
has also caused some to think that Jesus was giving a second chance at salvation after death. Let me just read that for us. That is why the good news was preached to those who are now dead. So although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in the Spirit. However, rather than Jesus giving a second chance at salvation, which contradicts other passages in Scripture, this what Peter is actually referring to is this. The good news was preached and accepted by those who have now died, and those who accepted the truth of Jesus as the only way to salvation will be vindicated because of their faith in Jesus at the final judgment. So ladies, I put the speed bump in here because there are, sometimes there are passages in scripture that the only thing we can do is keep going. So even when the trailer lost all of its things, what do you do when you hit a speed bump? You go over it and you keep going. Um, and so we address it. We don't ignore it. We recognize that there are passages in scripture that are difficult. We do our due diligence and then we set it aside and, and move forward. And so um, as Peter was talking, has been talking to us about how we are to live as Christ followers, both individually, in Christian community, and now the third part that we're going to look at is um, how we live with people who make our lives difficult. Um, so now back to our regularly scheduled programming. How do we glorify God and have an opportunity to share his truth with others. Like I just said, we imitate Christ in our personal lives. We imitate Christ in our relationships with other believers. And we imitate Christ even with those who revile us. When we recognize that Christ provides our foundational identity and that the body of Christ is where we are supported and practice Christ-like living, we are then able to live as kind neighbors, even to those who hate and mistreat us. Here again, we bring glory to God as we intentionally live imitating Christ, responding to suffering as Christ responded. Let's look back at 1 Peter 3, verse 9. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. First, the language that Peter uses here is supposed to quickly hyperlink us back to just a few verses before this. Remember how Peter quoted Isaiah 53 at the end of chapter 2? Let me just read those verses to you. Starting uh, chapter 2, 22 and 23, he never sinned nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. Peter is situating our response and behavior in suffering squarely in our identity in the Lord Jesus. Because our Savior lived this way, we too must also live this way. Peter tells us in verse 9 to bless those who revile us. That word bless literally means to give a good word or a favorable word. 
In the age of social media, it's very easy to be dismissive and disrespectful while keeping a safe and anonymous distance. But how often do we actually take the time to speak a blessing over someone who has been hurtful to us? If we are going to be loving people and not lying people, how does one even go about speaking blessing over people who have been hurtful to us. So we're gonna pause right here. I'd like you to take a minute and think about maybe one way that you could speak a blessing over someone who has been hurtful. And I'm gonna give you about 45 seconds and then I'd like you to turn to the people at your table and share a couple of those ideas. You'll have a couple minutes to do that with your, with your neighbor. So just maybe you come up with an idea, maybe you don't. But we can all share best practices together. Feel free to start sharing if you've come up with an idea. Okay, you have about 15 more seconds. Okay, I hope that was helpful. I hope that you might also continue this conversation in your small groups. And maybe if you come up with an idea after today, you could even text it or email it to, the, um, to your fellow journeymen. Um, we are linking arms and walking toward Jesus together. And when we can share 
kind of best practices, ways that we can um, practice following Jesus and doing it together and encouraging one another to do, to do it together, the likelihood of us actually following Jesus and then reflecting him and imitating him is that much greater. So take the opportunity to share um, anything that comes to mind even over the next few days um, so that we can do this together and encourage one another. Because when we live well, even when reviled, falsely accused, and mistreated, there is the possibility that someone might ask you about why you act the way that you do. Now, not everyone in every situation will respond that way. In fact, we see in 1 Peter 4, the what also might happen. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. So they slander you. Peter makes it very clear that there will be plenty of people who mock and slander us. But there is the possibility that some people may notice that you are living differently. It is in living kindly and imitating Jesus that, w- that we then have the opportunity to give an answer. 1 Peter 3, 15, and 16. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life, and if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. I can't overstate this. Our behavior is primarily influenced by who we believe ourselves to be. Do I actually believe that Jesus is my pri- provides for me my primary identity? What does my behavior say about who I think I am? As a Christ follower, I claim that Jesus provides my true identity. Do I intentionally pursue deeper fellowship with him? I can't copy Jesus if I don't actually know how he lived. I can't give an answer for the hope I have if I don't know the one who gives me hope. So how do I get to know Jesus? I read his word. I gather with his people. I pray and invite the Holy Spirit to soften my heart and fill me with understanding that I don't have on my own. I will only be able to give an answer for the hope that I have if I, have, if I immerse myself in knowing Jesus more. Peter reminds us again toward the end of this passage, that we suffer and experience difficulty in life because our Savior did. To be identified with Jesus means to be identified with him completely, not just in his exaltation, his resurrection, and and living forevermore, but also in his suffering. Peter doesn't challenge us to this lightly. He doesn't speak this to us from a place of not really knowing what he's saying. He speaks of this from personal experience. Uh, In the early days of the church, Peter was among those arrested, 
slandered, falsely accused, and yet they rejoiced. The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus, Acts 5.41. I found that interesting, that word disgrace, because as I said at the beginning of our study, I think we're often quick to say, well, I'm not actually experiencing Um, suffering the way that people are experiencing in other parts of the world or suffering that Peter is speaking of here. But in this passage in Acts, they rejoiced because they were counted worthy to suffer disgrace. So maybe in your life you have a situation or a memory of having been disgraced, slandered, called out, falsely accused. Maybe that's how you can connect to Peter's original readers. In that situation, how can you speak blessing over someone who has been hurtful? In that situation, how can you choose to love well even when someone hasn't loved you well? In those ways, we absolutely can relate to Peter's original readers. They rejoiced to be identified with Jesus in his suffering. Let's choose to do that as well. Because who gives me my identity and where is my hope? How do I live and what influence am I having? All of this matters. The answers to to these questions all matter because our purpose as Christ followers is to glorify God and to share him with others. Let's copy Jesus. By this, we bring glory to God. Amen. Let me pray. Father, we thank you again for your word. We thank you for giving us sisters who love you and remind us of who we are. Um, Thank you for speaking that truth over us again. Uh, Use us for your glory in whatever way you see fit in the next um, moments of this day and the next hours of this day and the next days of this week. Use us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.